She is a media personality in the Boston market with a degree in bioanthropology from Cal Berkeley. She hosts Blunt Talk, a podcast on iHeartRadio and works full-time for WBZ News Radio as a writer. She is Britt Smith, and she is on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains, and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, a very special edition here at the Little Park Media Studios in Wellesley, Massachusetts. I'm very excited about welcoming in Britt Smith from Blunt Talk and WBZ Radio. And a reminder that this particular podcast is available on Spotify, on iTunes. A video recording is available on the WeedTube, Pro Cannabis Media. And of course, that audio podcast has now been added to C-Suite Network in addition to clnsmedia.com. Britt Smith, thank you so much for taking the time to come out today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I think it's great. And uh, we met a few uh, months back. I was going to say a few weeks, but now I guess March is a few months, right? Uh, yep. And I look forward to actually getting to know you a little bit more. I read your bio. I Googled you. Yep. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did How did... What is your cannabis story? That's something that we're going to be uh, doing more and more of and actually soliciting the public to tell us their cannabis story, which ought to be interesting. But yours is extremely. Yeah. So um, I grew up in South London. Uh, I lived there with my family until I was 19 years I, old. I'm shocked to hear that you're from South London. Yeah. You know what Could I mean? you I, tell? Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. You didn't sound like you were from Boston. <laughs> something that's what, gives it away. Yeah. That's right. It's wonderful, from, by the way. Yeah, from old England. That's um, right. And but I have to ask you, so South London, do you pull for a specific football club, English Premier, or are you a rugby person, or are you a non-sports person? I'm definitely not a non-sports person, but I'm not really allied to any specific team over there. But I will be supporting England today. Ah, so it would be England against the U.S. Yeah. in the Women's World Cup, and this is taped. Okay, yeah. so let's not let's not give away anything, right. okay? I'm sorry, I interrupted your life sure. story. That's what I do. Yeah, so um, <laughs> from the age of 19, uh, I came over to the U.S. I had a long-distance boyfriend who was in Dallas at the time, and I came over to be with him. Mm -hmm. um, and we ended up getting married at a very young age, and I stayed in the States. Um, but when the marriage didn't work out, I moved with a couple of friends of mine over to Southern California. And when I was in Southern California, I started working three jobs. I was waiting tables. I was looking after kids. Um, and I was working at a casino out there. Um, and I was going to school part time. And I met my now husband. He was in the Marine Corps mm -hmm. based in uh, Camp Pendleton. Good choice, by the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. 
thinks so, too. <laughs> not, not that I know him, but, yeah. you know, the Marine Corps does produce some pretty good guys. They're good I just guys, want to yeah. say. They're and you folks. don't mess with them. No. Okay. And uh, <laughs> when, but when he got back from his second tour of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. um, some roommates of mine had mentioned to me that cannabis was really helpful for PTSD. And so I started kind of looking into how cannabis could possibly help PTSD when I'd heard that there was a lot of paranoia around using cannabis for medical things. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of 2014, maybe. So there was still a lot to be learned and still a lot of information coming out. But California was a great place to start my research. Mm-hmm. So there were medical cannabis doctors, and I went to one of them, and I just kind of interviewed the guy and learned a lot from him. Um, and I used that knowledge to relay to my boyfriend about maybe how it could help him. Right. He switched off pharmaceuticals and onto cannabis. Um, a couple months after he got back from Afghanistan, I got into UC Berkeley. So we were going to be moving up north, and he was finishing with the Marine Corps. And just that transition was really big for him, getting out of military life and moving to somewhere new where your community isn't around you. It's a huge transition, and cannabis seemed to be really helping him through that change. Well, a couple of semesters in at Berkeley, I got a call from my mom back in England, and she told me that she had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. And immediately my thought was, I know that cannabis is useful for cancer in some way. I know I've read that somewhere. And so I started to get really involved in researching everything I could about medical marijuana and how it might affect cancer. There was also a class going on at Berkeley at the time, which was specifically on cancer, just learning about what, you know, what happens in cells when cancer is in the body. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to understand kind of the beast that we were going to be attacking here. Mm -hmm. And I kept going to different medical marijuana dispensaries and doctors and just kind of on my own interviewing them because I wanted to learn more. And I didn't know that everything online was necessarily reliable information. I am shocked to hear that. Yeah, you've got I to thought be Google. I thought Google knew everything. So does so do most people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with access to the UC Berkeley um, online Com- library, yep. you know, in the community, yep. I could really access a lot of marijuana news from other countries. Right. So there were a lot of studies that were coming out of Israel, Germany. Um, Spain and the Czech Republic was huge as well and I took a lot of these studies and I honestly just printed them all out and sat and read them all and I just educated myself on it. Mm -hmm. Luckily for my mother, chemotherapy really worked for her. Um, She's now cancer free but I gained all this knowledge into cannabis so when I moved out to Boston for my husband to go to school out here um, and I got a job as a writer at WBZ they quite quickly cottoned on to the fact that I was very interested in all the cannabis stories that would come through. And mm-hmm. Massachusetts, I think it was 2017. 2016 was 2016 the ballot was, question. Right. Question four. I yeah. moved here in summer 2017. Gotcha. And so everybody was sort of new to the world of it, and yeah. they weren't really sure how to make of it. And you know the guys at WBZ News Radio, uh, they're not really that up to date with the um, the cannabis studies, I suppose. They kind of were holding on to some of that reefer madness yeah, ideology. I'm, I'm yeah. not surprised, but keep going. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. They I know. Were, yeah, yep. they were stuck in their ways for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and one day, it was a very early morning shift. I think I started at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And one of the amazing reporters in our newsroom is Carl Stevens. And a great guy. Who everybody knows. And, and talk about legends, yeah, right? right? Absolute legend. Great set of pipes. Oh, and 
And uh, I, I had his son in one of my sportscaster camps many moons ago, let's yeah. just say. But go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, he was. he's always very interested about new ideas and new thoughts and, and uh, new information. And so he asked, what does CBD stand for? I'm reporting on CBD and I don't even know what it is. And nobody else in the room knew. And so Did they know how to pronounce it. They knew which how to is say by far. Le- <laughs> they couldn't the way, say what a lot, right? Cannabidiol. They had no idea what it was, where yeah. it was coming from, how to distinguish what it was from reporting on marijuana right. versus the term cannabis. And they mm. were, it was a lot of questions. And once they found out that I knew a lot, they just started picking my brain about every story. After a few months, Carl decided to go to management and, and kind of turn me in and, and tell them. It went to bat for you. Yeah, it went well Which for is me. great. That's so awesome. About a, a year and a half now, I've been doing the Blunt Talk podcast, and I just get to interview millions and millions of intelligent people who know more about cannabis than I do, and I learn from them. Yeah, it's so funny. I have a very similar story. It all started at NECAN 2018 for me. I was urged by CLNS Media to go down and do a cannabis podcast. Now, first they had to define what the podcast was, and then I took my little um, microphone and I got an adapter for my iPhone, and I met some very key people at that convention who are friends of mine to this day, including our sponsor, Revolutionary Clinics, Mm -hmm. and Deirdre Revito, who everybody knows in the community. And I also met Stu Zakem, and Stu Zakem, yes, he is related to the bridge guy. Yeah. He was his brother. Yeah. And uh, Lenny was someone I worked with and respected. I left full-time sportscaster work to go work with Lenny Zakem for six months mm-hmm. on a program called Team Harmony. And I was just tired of doing all the scores and highlights. And really, I mean, come on. I mean, sports is great. I love sports. Don't get me wrong. It's a huge entertainment. It's athletic uh, theater. It's un- unscripted, all that stuff, right? We're... That being said, in how much of an effect does it really have on our world when you get right down to it? Now, right. an escape and entertainment is important. Mm-hmm. That being said, when out did all these interviews, podcasts, a year later, we're doing 19 hours of live streaming at 2019, Nikan. And I was at Springfield last week. And that time I didn't live stream. I just brought my little camera and my tripod and stuck microphones in people's faces and <laughs> talked to them. Yeah. So um, it, it is it is a fascinating community to cover, isn't it? Oh, Massachusetts cannabis community is incredible. It's like a small family almost. Everybody knows each other and supports each other, and they really rally around uh, kind of rights and social justice movements. Yeah, and that and Massachusetts has an opportunity, and they're they're certainly trying to grasp it to put in policies and regulations that the rest of the country might follow once they fall in place with a legalization. Like recently, uh, you know, Maine, the governor finally signed on. Illinois, uh, it came through. And I believe there's a couple of other uh, legislative initiatives that are out there as mm-hmm. well right now. Uh, let me, let's go back to the cancer thing for a second. Sure. I have a theory, and I've actually run this by an oncologist, and I'm going to throw it out at you because you are by far far more educated on this than I am. But I always get these thoughts and, you know, cancer is a, it wasn't around, they didn't know what it was when it showed up. Now it showed up in the 50s as a first documented case, I'm pretty sure, because I remember the Jimmy Fund, which was a Red Sox charity that Ted Williams was involved with in the 50s. And Dana Farber was involved with it at the very beginning. And that's when they first started seeing these cases, certainly with cancer in children. Mm-hmm. If you remember, you mentioned Reefer Madness, 1937, the year of prohibition. In the years before 1937, it was used as an effective medicine in many different cultures. Right. 
And we all know that everybody has an endocannabinoid system inside of us. Whether you've ever used weed or not, it has nothing to do with that product. It has to do with your own biology. Right. How am I doing, Miss Bio-anthropology oh, well. person, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to quiz you on this. Please don't quiz me. <laughs> now take that element away from the human race, or at least from the United States, as a prohibited medicine. Mm-hmm. Now that exposes our own immune system to all sorts of things, viruses and whatever, including the cancer virus that can get in you. And if your immune system has been weakened because the one thing that has been strengthening your immune system or a human's immune system over a period of has been taken away. And I said this to an oncologist and he goes, you know, that's a really interesting theory because now what are they doing to treat cancer? They're using our own antibodies, immunotherapy, I think it's called, Mm -hmm. to combat the disease. And I'm like, whoa, this is what I started thinking. Now, I don't, again, this is a theory. I am not a doctor. I played one on TV, but I I swear, I'm just throwing this out there. And I talk to people about this. I go, isn't it interesting that there's been so many cases of cancer since 1937 and Our bodies have had to adapt to whatever environment we're in. We know we're exposed to carbon dioxide and, you know, all that neat stuff. That, that, But what if we had it legal the whole time Mm -hmm. and we had this available to us and we started using it medicinally throughout our lives? I wonder if we would see as many cases of cancer today. As we've seen, and it's a, you're shaking. It's I not think a bad it's an theory, right? Interesting idea. I do it's think it's worth an talking idea. about. Let's discuss. Yes, let's discuss it. I now enlighten a... me as a bioanthropology <laughs> magna cum laude uh, oh, graduate from Cal Berkeley. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> I would like to poke some holes in this theory. Okay, go ahead. So I think that the I think that the concern that the lack of cannabis may have made cancer proliferate is seeing things that correlate but and assuming that they're causal. Mm-hmm. Correlation does not equal causation. Right. So the removal of <clears throat> cannabis from the <clears throat> American masses right. does not necessarily mean that that caused the cancer. On the other hand, it could mean that more cases of cancer occurred. That, right. You know, there's no way for me to tell. Right. None of us can tell. The other thing is that before 1937, I'm, I'm not a medical historian by any means, but I don't know how well they could, um, how well they could find out that cancer was the culprit for people's deaths. Right. There could have been just the same amount of cases of cancer, but they just were undiagnosed because medicine, wasn't, medicine wasn't as far along back then. Right. And they could have said natural causes was the cause when right. it really was cancer, but right. they didn't know. And I get that. And yeah. that's a good po- that's a good hole poke, by the way. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's my theory. I thought that was an interesting one. I it thought is. you might be intrigued by it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about media and weed for a second. Sure. Um, we sat on a media panel at NECAN uh, together in 2019 in Boston, and Dan Adams from The Globe was there. Right. And Kristen Gordon from New York was there, you and I. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's been really interesting to me creating a media company that's really dedicated to telling the stories of those in the cannabis industry through their own words. Mm -hmm. Because when I look at traditional media, and yes, I will consider WBZ radio as traditional media. Oh, sure. um, There is a lack of knowledge. And that's why all those guys, all the reporters who were talking about CBD kept coming to you because they saw you as a knowledgeable person when it comes to that. 
But what we're not seeing, and we're seeing stories that, you know, oops, we, we threw out inert weed in the d- dumpster. Oops, that was a mistake. Oops, we mislabeled um, a wreck from our, our medicinal. Oops, um, oop, there's a couple uh, from uh, the other part of the world that came in and had too much of an edible and ended up in the emergency room. Yeah. So all those kinds of stories lead the news. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's a bias being shown by the reporters who are choosing those stories and to word them that way as well. Let's not throw the reporters under the bus. It's the producers, the executive producers and the news directors who sit around and figure out what is going to make news that day. But yes, you are right. Mm-hmm. It's still the reporter's job to find out more yes. about the story. Absolutely. And this is what this is what bugs me a little bit about my old pals in the media. It's easy to bash. It's easy to find something negative. But what about the story of the amount of kids that have seizures mm-hmm. that have been able to be treated with cannabis and even that epidiolox. You know, why is it they make all these drugs Epidiolics? so difficult? Yeah, that one. Why do they make it so hard for us to actually, you know, talk about yeah, it? Yeah, they're just trying them? to embarrass you. Right. Well, they, and by the way, I'm very comfortable being embarrassed <laughs> at this point in my life and career. Um, point being, if the media truly was doing their jobs the right way for every negative story, for every sensational, for every little oops that a new industry has to deal with because they're totally regulated and controlled by all these laws. Isn't there a positive story out there to tell too? I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, sometimes positive news is not as sensational. It doesn't grab as many eyes. It's not. I agree 100%. Mm -hmm. How many times do you have to hear a veteran talk about how they kicked their opioid habit Mm -hmm. through cannabis? A lot of the time, as a writer of the news scripts that that anchors read, Mm -hmm. I will choose and very I'm I'm very uh, adamant about choosing statistics that show positivity correlated Mm -hmm. with cannabis use. One of my most favorite ones to turn to is that states that see legal cannabis laws come in usually see a decrease in opioid prescription rates and death rates. And there's also been a new study that's gone against that Mm -hmm. reporting. And so a lot of the time I will spend a lot of my day reading up on both sides of this study and trying to give a really fair and accurate representation in my news cycle. That being said, I'm somebody who works in the general media who is really interested in cannabis. I think that most people that work in general media are general assignment reporters and they're not a, they're not that knowledgeable, and B, they're not that interested to go into in-depth right. really studying this subject. Right. And and again, I, I don't quite like to use the word lazy, <laughs> <clears throat> but it certainly is easier to cover something you're comfortable talking about than something you're not comfortable talking about. Sure. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, yeah. And there are so many stories. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. This podcast is produced by the Pro Cannabis Media Group out of Boston, Massachusetts for the enjoyment and education of our audience. Any medical advice or opinions shared are not a reflection of the Pro Cannabis Media Management or any of the In the Weeds distributors, including CLNS Media and C-Suite Network.